Again, I want to make sure uh, you know the reason that we're about to have this conversation. Uh, Tasha Carvel from the news team here on the News and Views Radio Network uh, pointed out that uh, some of the previously sealed federal search warrant uh, applications for the residents in garage of the man who ambushed the Fargo police officers last summer, fatally shooting one and seriously injuring the other two, along with a citizen. Um the documents unsealed included the report of an interaction with the Cass County Sheriff's Office with Muhammad Barakat. And so we asked the Cass County Sheriff to come on. And when we asked him to come on, he tries to find a way to make that work. And that's Sheriff Jesse Johnner. Sheriff, good to have you on News and Views. Good morning, Joel. How are you? Good. Uh, you look at some of what's been released here now, and it's got a lot of people scratching their heads saying, how the heck did we get to there? Uh, could you explain what happened, Jesse? Yeah, in, in reference to what you're you're talking about here, Joel, um, we did. Our office did have contact with uh, with Mohammed Barakat, and that was on May fourth, twenty twenty three. It was at the Castleton um, Outdoor Shooting Range. I'm not sure if your listeners know, but there's a range out there that's open to the public, um, privately run but open to the public. If that, um, that makes sense. And uh, we were called out there because there was a report from uh, people living in that area that they they thought someone might be shooting a cannon as it was reported or as the initial call came in. So uh, one of our deputies, of course, responded to the to the um, range there and uh, made contact with three individuals who were there at that time, uh, one of those being Mohammed Barakat, and uh, basically asked them, you know, what they were shooting, why it was making such a loud um you know, noise or causing uh, causing people to call in, and um, at that time he was forthcoming and just saying that he was shooting explosive uh, targets. And of course, um, we we know um, we most of the staff at our office, and I'm sure your your uh, individuals out there that do target shooting and and own guns that people can buy Tannerite legally, and they use it for that purpose. Um, Tannerite is a product that, um, when struck by a high velocity bullet. Um, obviously it makes a loud, loud bang and that's how people can, can, uh, sometimes mark their targets. And so, um, someone shooting Tannerite really isn't unusual in, in our perspective. And maybe we just deal with it more in the law enforcement profession. Um, but again, then in, in this instance, he indicated that he was shooting, um, explosive targets. Our deputy told him that he can no longer do that. Um, while our deputy was there, one of the, uh, board members from the, the, um, the gun club also showed up and said that they can't be shooting stuff there. Uh, he was cooperative with us at that time and said he was going to stop doing it. So, Tannerite, I, I understand it. I don't understand why people should be basically allowed to have it. Is there a use for it that makes sense for the general public, uh, Sheriff Johnner? That that's the only reason that I know that you know why people use it. I guess I've. I, I obviously am exposed to firearms quite regularly. I do shooting at different times, target shooting. I've never used Tannerite, um, but I know that other people do. We have, you know, people within our own organization who have used it before um, out on their property to, you know, to do uh, practicing with firearms. So um, other than that, I don't know any other uses for it, Joel. Um so I, I, I guess that in my my realm, I, I don't see it as common as like every time you go to the range, someone's going to be using it. Yeah. But I, I know why it's used. Well, I guess. my guess is both you and I own a spotting scope and binoculars. I mean, we can see what we did. If if exactly. instead of shooting a, a gas tank with a 
an LP tank with tannerite in it uh, yep. to go off. But I, I have to ask you this: What did that lead to? When when he said, and he was removed from the property, and later told deputies that he was stockpiling tannerite. What what did that do to your department? Red flag action. I mean, what happened after that? Yeah, you know, to be honest with you, Joel, and I'm not trying to sugarcoat anything here, it didn't really, it didn't draw any red flags per se. And I think, again, it's just because our, our deputies deal with this, um, you know, probably more regularly or see it more regularly. Um, I believe that the deputy and, and visiting with them, and I visited with them, um, just believed at that time that what he meant by that was that he, you know, he oftenly, or often, I should say, shoots, uh, target shoots and just has Tanner right at his place and uses it, as he mentioned to our deputy that day, um, you know, for, for target shooting. How, how so, often do you yeah. see it? You know, that, are you talking like in our regular calls for service? Yeah, I mean, you know, something that goes off that big, that boom, in a metro area, I mean, how often do you see Tannerite ever used? Yeah, I mean, I mean I'd mean, i have to go back and look at our calls for service, I guess, maybe in the way that I'm telling you, maybe it's coming out. Um, from my perception, the way that I'm relaying to your to your listeners, that maybe we see it more often than we probably actually do, um, but we but we've dealt with it before. But is it yeah. is it a red flag, uh, Sheriff Johnner? When you when you see it being used, is that an indicator that wait a second, th- this guy's taking it to a whole different level? You know, personally, Joel, I, I don't think that it had prior to this just because we, we knew that people use it for that. But more certainly now, looking back, right, we have a little bit sure. of hindsight here. Looking back, we're going to think that way. Um, what I can tell you is this, um, you know, as law enforcement in, in our area, anytime that we we have an incident that occurs, and most certainly this one was, it was a devastating incident, um, we had loss of life. We had a citizen who was hurt. We had officers who were injured. And, and again, an officer who lost their life, we're always going to look back and, and look at things and go, man, is there something that we missed? Is there something we could have done different? Mm-hmm. And, and we've done that, to be honest with you. Um, have, would we have handled this situation any differently uh, the day of? No, I don't think we would have. But knowing what we know now, I'm, I'm guessing that's going to draw a red flag for our guys. We've Since that time, um, we have taken the lead here at the sheriff's office with our, with our law enforcement partners. And we're currently right now putting together a threat assessment team. We're in the process of doing that. We're, we're you know, the, our conversation, yours and mine right now, is getting that information out a little bit earlier than, than, than not necessarily that I wanted, but we wanted to do kind of a press release on it. But I don't have a problem talking about it now because this is a serious conversation. Sure. And, and we're putting together this threat assessment team. And I think with that team being in place now as we move forward, stuff like this will be brought to that team. And they're going to look into it a little bit more, you know, and that's all I can really say about it now, you know, as far as kind of understanding the whole, the full scope of, of what we noticed that day. Yeah. And, and Sheriff, I want to, I want to make something perfectly clear. I'm not blaming you or anybody sure, involved sure. in this investigation, anybody on your staff, they were just as much the individuals in harm's way. I'm just not used to Tamarite being used in any part of my sure. life. I mean, I've, I've seen people shoot at pumpkins, <laughs> you know, yep. to see yeah. what happens. Uh, you know, I've I've done it myself, but I've never – if you shoot an LP tank, and and best way I can describe this to people is that that, that gas tank that you have on the side of your barbecue grill. So you, mm-hmm. you fill that with tamarind. 
and you put that out in the country somewhere at the shooting range here at the Red River Valley, and you shoot that, it, it's one thing for the boom, but does that metal container become like a grenade? Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm not an explosive expert, but I'm gonna assume like you, Joel, that more than likely, I'm assuming that that would happen um, because it's gonna explode, and we all know when things explode, they they break apart and. And uh, yeah, I mean, you got a metal tank there, and I'm assuming um, that it would there would be shrapnel from it. You right. Know? But again, I don't know 100 percent for sure, um, but I can assume that if there's if there's the type of force that makes that noise in there, and and you shoot it and you make it explode, it it you don't got to be you know I don't I'm not taking that much of a risk to assume that that LP tank becomes shrapnel, and uh, you know. Clearly, the day that he was headed downtown to the the street fair, you know, he he was using the people that are in your brotherhood to to use to draw attention away on Twenty Fifth Street to get down there. This was going to be way worse. This was yeah, going to oh, be that, way worse, no, Jess. No, no doubt, I a hundred percent agree with you, Joel. And I and I uh, you know, in 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 the, in your conversation, I and I appreciate the way that that you're looking at everything here. Um, you know, the, the deputy that I contact with that person, you know, you, you know, I've spoken and I mean, you're always going to, you know, second guess an interaction you have with someone, especially if later on it leads to, to something. Um, but yeah, I mean, in this, this particular incident, um, you know, our, our deputy was familiar with Tanner Wright and that people use it from time to time to do target shooting. And, you know, there really wasn't anything about that, that interaction that, that drew any extra attention. So, um, you know, but but I definitely like we talked about. We're gonna always look at things and go, okay, did we miss anything? Could we have done something better? And and that's what I feel is really good about our law enforcement in this area. Is we're always gonna look at ways that we can do things better. How can we become progressive, forward thinking? And I think that we're trying to do that by assembling this threat assessment team. And I think that now in doing that, we're gonna have avenues with if an officer has an inclination that hey, something might be wrong. They've got an avenue, some a group of individuals that they can forward it to. That's going to get extra training that they can look at these things and maybe understand uh, how the interaction occurred and what this person was talking about. And um, it are, does there need to be a further investigation into this person? Because um, we come into contact with a lot of people on our day-to-day -day, uh, calls for service and different things. You know, uh, you always kind of sometimes second guess about maybe an interaction that you've had with someone. So. But we need to get better and we need to look at, hey, how can we recognize these things going forward? Um, and, 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 you know, are there things we need to look for specifically to try to to identify that someone might do something like this in the future? I've received oh, a number of messages here of farmers saying that they use a tannerite to blow up beaver dams. Um, that that makes sense to me. I understand what practical use it would it would be there. Uh, but again, to me, <laughs> and I'm, I'm not sure these farmers wouldn't agree. Uh, it should be, it should be licensed. It should be overseen. It should be a process. It, it, it shouldn't just be Joel Heitkamp can go buy Tannerite. It, it, it shouldn't be that it's, that's where we again go too far. Now it says, um, one of the, uh, concerns, the second happened in, in May. That's what we're talking about. But yep. in July of 2021, the FBI National uh, Threat Operations Center, upon a mm -hmm. tip from a woman in Minnesota, 
uh, she worried Barakat uh, might become a mass shooter, which led to a Metro Street Crimes Unit visiting. Is that coordinated through your office? Um, that that particular contact was not coordinated, or I should say, initiated by our office. I, I was actually not familiar with that. Me myself. Now I have people assigned to the uh, metro, or one person assigned to the metro area street crimes unit. So I'm I'm not sure if that person was involved in that. Um, but they but they you know the metro area street crimes unit is um, made up of officers and deputies from the West Fargo Police Department, the Fargo Police Department, the Cass County Sheriff's Office. Uh, Clay and, and Moorhead, and if you remember, I, I had an opportunity to uh, supervise that unit um, prior to becoming sheriff several several years back. Um, but we uh, but we would have had someone assigned to that team. Yeah, I I look at this. All the the red flags are there, yeah. and I I've got to ask you this, Sheriff Johnner. Mm-hmm. What what could have you done differently? I mean, what could everything he was doing up to that day? is legal. I mean, that's, and what, that, and that, that's the thing. I mean, we, you know, we're, we're having these interactions and they're, uh, they're legal interactions. And the one, you know, he's obviously telling um, Metro Area Street Crimes Unit um, officers, you know, that he's, he's not going to hurt anyone and um, being forthcoming, letting them in and look around. Typically, uh, if someone was trying to hide something, they wouldn't allow, you know, we typically what we see is that people won't allow us access. We got to, do you know further investigative work? Get search warrants, things like that. And in these contacts, um, he, you know, he was very uh, forthcoming and, and cooperative. Um, so when you have that, of course, that that oftentimes lead, can lead an officer to believe that you know this person doesn't have any ill intentions because they're being cooperative. So, um, but you know, again, I, I I really you know when we can get this threat assessment team. Uh, released, I'd like to come back on your show at some point, and I and I know that you would always allow me to do that, um, and talk a little bit about um, how that threat assessment team can help us, give us some further tools where we can start evaluating individuals a little bit more. Yeah, and and, and it's in cooperation with uh, some of our community partners, some some mental health services, things like that. And yeah, I mean, we need to pick up on these things, right? We don't want anyone to get hurt. This was a this was a very tragic, very sad unfortunate incident anytime that you have loss of life. And we're just, we're just fortunate that those officers were there that day where we would have had people, our civilians hurt in our community. So yeah, we got to get better. We got to be able to recognize these things. Um, and, and I feel like we're making, we're making attempts to, to put those in place right now. Now your job is law enforcement. I get it. I understand it. Uh, Jess, that's been your, your passion. I mean, Sheriff John, or you don't do what you're doing unless you believe in the mission. That being said, what goes outside that mission? And the question is one I'm not sure you're going to want to answer, but I'm going to ask it anyway. If you sure. had a number of your deputies collectively together come forth and say, listen, we don't believe that that you should just be able to buy online tannerite. We don't believe that binary triggers should be legal. I mean, if they took some what I consider to be common sense steps – and not taking away people's guns, but trying to use common sense of what you're up against out there. Would they as deputies be in trouble with you if if their union did, if they did? I mean, is that something that you as sheriff would consider their right to do? Oh, most certainly. I mean, I'm always going to evaluate what 
my staff, what our citizens, any anyone brings uh, forward that we can evaluate for public safety. You know, certainly. But I meant uh, bring it up the, publicly. I meant to say it publicly. I've got about the, 30 seconds left here. but That, that but, we would need to get rid of those items, you mean? Well, and, and at least police those items, not have... You know, if I were the police union, I would have been in Bismarck lobbying against the binary trigger. I mean, I'm sorry, I would have been. But, uh, Sheriff, you're up against it. I'm up against it. You know you're welcome when you're ready to talk about that group you're putting together. Do that, would you? Yeah, yeah, for sure I will because we need to get that information out to our public because it's going to be a, a two-way, two-way street, right? Because yep. it's not just law enforcement. We all got to work together. So if people see things, being able to report that stuff to us and what to look for. So that we can follow those things up. So most certainly, I'd appreciate that. Thank you, Sheriff Jesse Johner of Cass County. Great reporting here. Go go read it. Uh, go to the home base of news and views. Go to kfjo.com. Take a look at it.